We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. Let us help you escape your mind. Welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number 205 tonight. We're going to be discussing, actually, we're going to continue our series, uh, Mysteries and Metaphysics. This will be 4.2. We're going to just recap everything we've done to this point because of our hiatus there the last month or so. Um, And um, we're going to go through, you know, one through four. And uh, I have slideshows ready for 4.3 and 4.4 on megalithic structures. 4.1, 4.1, we did one on Gobekli Tepe and Easter Island and some of the mysteries and, you know, um, things people think about them that are actually different than what actually is the case, that kind of stuff, and how we used to think about them, how we think about them now after looking at both the academic stuff, the fringe stuff, and all the alternative theories, so... Uh, but before we get started here, head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast For just $2 a month, you'll get exclusive guest episodes and segments. We've got a ton of stuff on there. Uh, we have an, actually a segment with Matthew Palmieri, who is our guest coming back on tomorrow, actually, uh, to discuss his new book. Uh, we're going to discuss, you know, uh, psychedelics and that kind of stuff. Uh, also head on over to indrasweb.org. It is live. Go sign up for an account. This is the social media platform we created to connect open minds. So if you like talking about all this kind of stuff that we talk about on the show and metaphysics and stuff, go check that out. What up? What's going on? Not much. How's it going, my man? Good, good. So, uh, we had our little break, then we came back and did an episode and now I'm going to start getting, we're going to start getting the guests back on and stuff like that now. So... Um, I think to this point, let's see, the first episode, uh, Mysteries and Metaphysics Part 1, we discussed some ancient mysteries and some anomalies with different ancient civilizations and sites and ideas that we had early on in the podcast, like four years ago, three and a half years ago, and how they've evolved since then, you know, like, how did we used to think about these topics and, and different things, and how do we think about them now, and like, where, you know, how how have we gotten to where we were at with the way, you know, our, our mindset on it. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, the first one we talked a lot about, you know, we did discuss actually in the first one, like go back to Tepe and ancient Egypt and spirituality and, uh, the difference between like the academic stuff and then on some of the alternative stuff. So, uh, where, where are you at on it? I mean, we've gone through now and I tried to lay it out. So we look at these things objectively, like let's look at, what do the academics and the anthropologists and the uh, archaeologists, like what do they have to say about all this stuff? Then also what are the alternative people saying? And then kind of make up our own minds on what we think is the truth or the closest thing to it. So um, have you, I think you're kind of on the same page in the sense that I don't, I think that while you still might have more of a, um, I don't even know, more of like a mystical approach to it than I do Uh currently. Not that I don't from time to time, but just currently. Um, I think that you would say that you've definitely learned that there's a lot of stuff that's easily to debunk too, right? Yeah, there's a lot of things to debunk, but at the same time, there's a lot of cool stuff out there that there are no answers for. And I think that's, uh, that's the interesting part and that keeps people fueled, if you will. Mm hmm. And one thing I've learned from doing this too now going on three, like I said, three and a half, four years is 
we st- when we started this, I was going through kind of a spiritual awakening, and then in the last year, Maurice has gone through his spiritual awakening. And early on, I only looked at the mystical, spiritual texts and co- those kinds of things, which led me to the academic stuff later on. But when you only look at the mystical and the um, the esoteric stuff, which is my favorite stuff, don't get me wrong. I don't want anybody to think that we're not into that. Obviously, that's our favorite stuff to talk about. But I do think that there's people that take stuff, run with it, um, and yeah, just they take they take these ideas, they run with them, and they don't actually think about the whole thing, you know, the, the big picture. They just think about like one aspect of it. I'm just trying to think what else we've gone through here. So in the first one, you were talking about um, the Sumerian text, the part where, you know, how did they know all those planets and everything like that. And obviously they did know a lot about the astronomy um, or like where the stars that are visible at night, I think four planets or five planets are visible with the naked eye. So yeah, um, you were talking about that Sumerian, you know, the... Uh, the relief that shows the different planets. And I think though, when you look at that, that's a good example. Or the other example that I thought was actually really good was the uh, temple of SETI where people think there's like a James Bond car and like a UFO and like all these different things. But then really it's just two different uh, dynasties that wrote on top of each other on the same glyph, which give it, you know, it's almost like it's creating pareidolia of the mind, you know? Right, so a lot of the stuff that we think is a is a car or a spaceship or something, it might just be something imprinted on top of it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that goes for a lot of stuff too. Um, I mean, again, that's how this stuff gets misinterpreted and passed along, and you get a game of telephone going on. It's somebody says something crazy that other people like to think about like or want to to believe and then it gets passed on and so on and so on so forth so um yeah you also see the rise of a lot of channels diving into the stuff that uh is way more fringe and uh embracing that stuff and kind of giving more validity to them and that seems to intrigue a lot more people you know what i mean yeah i Again, I think that when we talk about these subjects, I always bring this up. There's a way to research these things. If you like reading and you're interested in these topics, I highly recommend reading both the academic, the fringe stuff, and then even some fiction on the topic if you know, you're really interested, just to give like a fully balanced kind of view of like what's going on. You know, Because I think that... I don't know, the stuff is so easy to just believe something that isn't even true and just run with it. I, I think that that's been the, if you're really after truth, that's that's how you're, you, you go at it, in my opinion. I mean, I don't know, what do you think? Yeah, if you're really after truth, that's how you would definitely approach things, but a lot of people aren't after truth, they're after the truth that they want to know. If you're a Bigfoot guy, you're going to watch and, and you know listen and, and research stuff that always supports your claim Hmm. and all the other stuff that's against you, you kind of brush it to the side. Same thing with the UFO community to a degree. Now it's becoming a little more open and honest. And there's obviously a lot of, there's a lot of mystery still surrounding that thing, but there is a lot more uh, credentials being provided in that realm. So those are the ones that kind of stand out more and are definitely I would say better to put your put your interests into the Loch Ness monster. I don't think is not so much anymore. I mean, I'm I'm a seller on the Loch Ness monster, Bigfoot. I mean, I don't think there's any credibility. <laughs> I look, I I know some people are gonna. I just don't think. I don't understand the people that are all in on Bigfoot. It just doesn't make sense to me. That just, I mean, with what we have camera phones you know i just at this point it's like how could you believe that where are the bones you know if you want to believe in gigantopithecus which was a real 
primate a long time ago and that we maybe have some sort of like epigenetic memory of that or something like that and it and maybe in fight or flight scenarios or you're scared in your dark in the dark in the woods and something you know kind of uh uh you know catches your your uh, mind like that i think that that could be what that is but i don't think that there's an actual primate out there in my opinion right uh, this at the same time for you know for ghost accounts that they still have the same ghost stories are the same as a as a bigfoot story at this point there's no capture of a ghost with all the technology well, there's a lot of people that, that show those pictures well you okay so you're a professional photographer so you know this there's a lot of uh you know light refraction you'll get like um you know what I'm talking about in terms of like... Yeah, like orbs and stuff like that. Yeah, not even just orbs. What's the thing where it shows like the doubling? So if you take a picture, it'll be like where the face was, but it'll show like a silhouette of like that face. Do you know what I'm saying? Somebody like, oh, it's a right. ghost. Yeah. There's been a couple of photos that are definitely... They're scary. You you look at them and you get a, you get a chill down your spine, but I don't know if that's just the human, the human psyche playing a trick because... I think if you look a lot of, like, especially the old time photography, the shutter speeds are longer. So what that means is when you click the, when you push the button to take the picture, it's actually opening up a little longer. Mm. So if you move around, then you, then there'll be blur and stuff like that. And if you straight up just walk away, there might be a, a ghostly imprint of you, but you'll be able to see through it because you're not standing there the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was, I was always wondering why in old time photography, why is everybody not smiling? And I actually, I was talking to a photographer, and they're like, well, that's because the shutter speeds were so long; they had to stand there for so long. Most of the people wouldn't smile because you'd have to smile <laughs> for like five minutes or something. You know, it was crazy. I but mean, it's there's... funny to see the old time wedding photos; no one's smiling. They're all very serious. Well, there's that, and there's also, like, smoke and pareidolia, and, you know, there's different, like I said, like, light refraction and different things happening where you can, you know, make things out to be, or you'll see, like, a face in, like, a a window in, like, an abandoned house, somebody standing in front of, like, those pictures, you know, so. But even me and you, you've seen some kind of orb thing, and I've caught some kind of orb thing on camera, and I try and go into into the science mode. And is it a bug? Okay, it's probably not a bug. Is there some kind of light hitting this thing some weird way where it looks like it's flying around? Yeah, like that's a probably a dust particle or something. A dust particle. You don't know. I, I'm not. And and once you have it, once I have it back into my house, I'm not gonna be able to go back to where I was filming <laughs> and inspect all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. But you've seen something like that in real life. So yeah, I've, gonna... I've seen some weird stuff. Look, I'm not again. I'm I'm. I'm in the middle right now in all this stuff. I want to believe, but I also am reserving, you know, I don't put all my eggs in one basket. I'm reserving final, you know, take on it for the end, basically. Yeah, right. Assuming we but make if, it if there. If you're serious about it, you got to go hard with it. And that's, I, I, I come yeah. back to the UFO, the UFO versus Bigfoot debate. The people that are, there are some people that. Well, that is that even a. Let me just say this: is that no, even I'm a debate? Because the there's between the there's videos and like eyewitness evidence, that, like credible eyewitness evidence and sensory data and all sorts of stuff for UFOs. That that doesn't exist for Bigfoot. No, that doesn't. But there's also people that are. I would consider them kind of the. Uh, what's the term? I don't want to say. There, there's also people that, that, that claim to see things. That, like, if you stare at the sky long enough, you're going to see something weird. I don't know what's out there. I don't know everything that's in the sky. And there's a lot of people down, we'll say, down in the desert areas like Arizona or whatever. Those people are, the stuff that they're seeing is not the same stuff that the, the, the Navy's seen. And I'm not just saying it's because the Navy, they have more credibility. I'm just saying that the technology that they're using and they still can't decipher what they're seeing is a little different than a man staring into the sky in the desert and seeing weird things shooting around. And I'm not no, discounting yeah. that their accounts are false or anything, but there is still the same thing. There's that same kind of group of people that are very, they're just into it no matter what. They're never going to decipher what's fact or fiction. They're just going to, aliens are real, period. And then <laughs> they go from there. 
Yeah. Same thing with the Bigfoot people. They go Bigfoot's that, real, and then they go from there. You know, it's not the opposite. It's not like the reversal of things. That's what I was saying starting off with, uh, like, when we started the show, I was going through a spiritual awakening. You know, it was a weird part of my life or a weird time in my life, and things just kind of snowballed, and it seemed like I was finding all these connections and synchronicities and things, like, while researching these things. So it was, like, this path, you know? Um, but... I think that there's a, a couple different ways to look at this. You can look at it as like there's a spiritual part of your life and that's like gnosis, right? Gnosis is knowing something through experience or through like a spiritual experience, okay? Mm -hmm. And then there's like practical everyday reality that we live in, which you have to navigate too because what if the other thing is just a manifestation of the mind, right? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not saying that that's the case. I'm just, that's my thoughts always is like, again, I'm not going to put all my eggs in the spiritual, oh, consciousness survives. I, I, I think that that's the case based on people we've talked to, stuff we've researched, but I'm not going to put all my eggs in that basket, right? So, you know, you have to live your life here too, if even if you're into those topics, because you just never know, you know, nobody can be 100% sure, just like nobody can be 100% sure what happens after death. Nobody can be 100% sure what happens, you know, or that, you know, you do survive death, I should say. So. Well, that's a good point. The mystery of life itself is a, is a great conundrum. So the fact yeah. that we're even here living on a rock, flying around, is, is a mystery on its own. And mm -hmm. that's, that's the kind of stuff that if you just sat and thought about it, you don't need to even consider these other mysteries. That, that right there should be a, a, a primary focus if you're going to go down that route. Some people are very oblivious. Some people are very um, ignorant to the whole thing. Well, it starts with being honest with yourself, too. Like, I think it's easy to say, oh, I believe this or I believe... Well, why do you believe that? Why do you believe in this? Why do you believe that this is real? Like, what's what are the circumstances that have convinced you? You know, if you believe in an in aliens... Did a gray alien walk up to you? And that is the case for some people. They either have these weird experiences or sleep paralysis or whatever the case may be. And they have these, you know, or lucid dreams. They have these experiences. And then there's some people that claim to have those experiences completely sober in day-to-day -day consciousness, which I'm usually pretty skeptical of. Um, but, I mean, look, life is weird. We don't know what the deal is. We're just here. Um, so I don't blame mm -hmm. people into this kind of stuff, but like if you're, again, like you were mentioning these big YouTube channels or blogs or podcasts that are just claiming these insane, crazy things and claiming that it's truth. Well, yeah, that's entertaining, but is it actual truth? I, in my opinion, it's not. And I don't think that a lot of people claiming those things are actually looking at things objectively, which means looking at what we know about the science and the academic side of it looking at what we know about the alternative stuff, like what's the fringe, what are the metaphysics of the topic, you know, like what are the things that are out of the purview that are possible, you know, like for, so if we're talking about consciousness surviving death, well, how do we know that? Well, we know there's people that have near-death experiences. We know that energy has to change in some form. So when you die, that energy gets transformed. Like what happens with all the data? We don't know exactly what consciousness is. Do you is your brain a receiver? Is everything contained in there already? You know, like that's what we talked about. And I think it was part three, we were discussing the metaphysics and the nature of reality and consciousness. And I think we discussed consciousness in part two. Um, and like, is there a creator? Is this, are we in a simulation? You know, like those are the things I think about regularly. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Yeah, I'm right there with you. But my 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 train of focus goes all over the place. It's not like I'm a strict one 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 trick pony, if you will. Yeah. Um I mean since 
I don't know. I just felt like I was doing myself a disservice early on by not looking at the full scope of things and just claiming this is what truth is. And it, you know, I think a lot of the stuff that I was looking into and feeling and pondering was gnosis or was my spiritual truth. Now, does that translate into waking reality? I don't know. Um, but I wanted to, to get into what we know about waking reality and kind of like blend those two things together to get the full picture of what I think's going on. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. I have finished the other side of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you feel about it after you've now been through a little bit of a spiritual awakening? And I mean, are you still as you seem to be a little bit less excited, which I think there's like a romance. <laughs> well, no, there's like a romance period when it happens, right? Like there's like definitely a, a vibe thing happening where you are in a really good mood. You're excited about life. You're excited about making these connections. And then like yeah, anything like else, buzz, if you will, yeah, the, a... anything else life happens. So like, how do you feel now? Well, whatever goes up must come down, and you have to remember that with any substance that you ingest or any part of your life, the higher you get almost seems to be the lower you can get. I guess the trick to being really happy in life is the figuring out how to maneuver through those down periods mm. and not take them so seriously. But, yeah, last summer I I was very down, and then when that relief came, I, it's like a, it's like a shot, you know, of adrenaline to you. And then you go and do a lot of stuff. I think another part of it, I think last summer is, um, the world was kind of, uh, shut off. So I had, I, I didn't really have a choice, but to look within. And then while looking within, I went, uh, I went all over, I went to as many like state parks and things like that. I think, I said it in my awakening episode is you've got to try and find everybody's frequency is different and you got to find the things that, uh, make you vibrate at your highest level. And some people might be playing a sport. Some people might be writing. Some people might be music for me. It's creating art in some degree. And most of the time it's a photography, uh, or video type of exercise. And, also nature is another part of it so when you combine those two things that's when i fly the highest and there was a while back during that time where i was going into the woods almost every single day taking the camera out and really honing my craft so i feel i feel like i really was centering myself in that high frequency vibration day after day and i think that had a lot to do with it unfortunately the the reality of life and work and things like that kind of can pull you away from that. I think it's a good idea to try and keep that in the back of your mind and try and do it as often as you can. I know you got a lot of things coming up in your life right now, and yeah. I'm sure some of that has bogged you down. Uh, obviously, we haven't been able to do the, the, the cast as many times as we want to do, but we're trying to get back to that kind of stuff. But yeah, that's I think that's just the, the, the normality of it in life. Um, a good, a good uh, little thing that happened... Well, I guess it wasn't good, but when I was in a band, we went out to Colorado and I felt this vi- this energy, this vibration, and I felt super, super connected to Colorado in some way. And I was like, we're all going to move out here. We're all going to move out here. And when we came back, we talked about it for a little bit, and then we got sucked back into life. And 10, 15 years later, we're, we're not in Colorado. So it's like that, that can happen in anything in your life. Like, you just you you you're you're floating on a high level, and then, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing that I'm still here in Michigan, but sometimes, the 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 reality of your life, your job, the mundane things can kind of suck you out of that that high, and then it's kind of up to you to figure out how to get back to that level, and that's I think that's what happened with me with the spiritual awakening. Yeah, I mean that's a good way to sum it up. I would say from what I know about you that that's kind of true and right now things are kind of weird at least in my life and obviously the hiatus wasn't feeling too well with you know getting my back stuff figured out and uh you've had some stuff going on you pulled off a killer show where you wrote a bunch of songs this weekend i watched some of that so that's some no, good thanks, stuff. My man. maybe we'll we'll do a we were kind of throwing around the idea maybe doing like a mindscape cd here at some point uh, yeah, for our listeners, we're both musicians. If anybody hasn't listened to the show before, so, um, but uh, yeah, for the spiritual stuff, it's um, it's a long road, and it's there's definitely 
you know, ups and downs and trials and tribulations, and you have to kind of just navigate uh, all that. And I think, I think the most important part is like how you deal with it when you're down, you know, like, can you stay positive? Can you have, you know, can you get back on the upswing? I think that's what the, uh, that's the takeaway for me with all that kind of stuff. So, and look, there's days where I don't believe in anything. And then there's other days I wake up and I'm like, we're living, breathing magic. This is awesome. So I think I'm stardust. (laughs) We're all stardust. Um, but it just depends, you know? And I think that I look, we're super honest too. I know people that, um, I watch them do these podcasts and there's no way they can believe some of the stuff that they're saying, you know, or the, the crazy stuff that they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so look, we've always been open and honest with what we think and what we believe. And if it's, you know, if it's bunk, it's bunk, you know, that's what it is. I mean, and I think we've gone through now, I think there's some real mysteries out there. Like you said, there's mysteries having to do with ancient civilizations. They just found more, sites like Gobekli Tepe around Gobekli Tepe. So that'll be interesting to, um, you know, see what happens with that. You know, there could be other sites like Gobekli Tepe out there. That's another thing. Um, tons of mysteries having to do with the psychedelic realms and like, what are these entities that people encounter in these realms? Um, uh, we've had, we've gone through all our trip report episodes where we discussed all of our weird psychedelic experiences I'm just trying to think here. Like there's just so there are real mysteries out there that you can dive into that don't have a real answer. Like what is consciousness? You know, like you can watch 10 Ted talks, listen to all the podcasts, listen to Lex Friedman, Lex Friedman's guests, you know, where he talks about consciousness with all those people and you can do everything and you still won't know what's going on with consciousness. Cause even the top people don't know what's going on with consciousness. You know, there's, there's the strict materialist, scientists who are hedging their bets that it's somehow contained in the brain or some function of the brain that they're just not aware of or some neural thing happening. But, um, there's a lot of people that show evidence against that. And there's some people that think the brain's like a receiver we're receiving frequency and vibration and stuff like that. So I think it just depends. But that's Uh, like kind of the fun of it all. You know, if we didn't, uh, if one day someone figured out how they built the pyramids that would be cool. Exactly. But at the Obviously same time, there's like, ideas. Yeah. Right, right. But then it would take away. I, I think that humans are very, they like they like a mystery and they like the hunt. They like to try and find the answers. And sometimes the, the, the journey, well, most of the time, that's what they say, that the journey is the, is the destination. Like the journey is what it's all about. So the day that we do find out, I don't know if we're at, I don't know if we actually can ever figure out what consciousness is. And that might be part of the human experience is not knowing what that is. And I think accepting that might actually help you, uh, just, just, just be all right living your day to day. It's fun, but sometimes people can take it to a new level and it might be destructive if you, in a way, well, the sole idea of our the show being called Mind Escape, too, it's like, I've thought a lot about this and consciousness and stuff, and I've come to the conclusion that we might not ever be able to figure out what consciousness is, even if we map the brain, do all the, the crazy stuff. Only, And I'm saying this because we're still in our consciousness. We use consciousness to measure and explore everything else, and we're able to, like, like uh you have an iPhone in your hand, you're able to take it apart, look at the components, trying to understand what's going on. I mean, yeah, we can work on people and scan, you know, scan brains and do all that kind of stuff. But I think when you're using this thing that you're trying to figure out what it is, you might not ever be able to figure out what it is because you're trapped in it. That's my thought on it. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, that's if you're inside the program, you're never going to be able to talk to the programmer kind of thing. Or just escape it. Even like, I think that's why when people do psychedelics or meditate or whatever, I think it, you know, it, it, you can escape your reality for a little bit. You can get this glimpse of this other thing that exists outside of yourself. And I think that personally, that's why it's super beneficial um, is being just able to escape for a little bit and just see what, you know, what's going on. But again, I think that that's just even just a basic glimpse. I don't really think you're getting even remotely um, the piece that you need to figure out what's going on. And even near-death experiences, I would say that's the closest, right? Because you're basically on the verge of death. People that are that have been dead on the 
table for three minutes or 30 minutes or whatever, um, they're getting probably the, the greatest glimpse of what it feels like to be dead. So what is that, you know, what it's, what yeah. are they experiencing through their consciousness? So, and that past episode, you're going to have to help me out with that guy who actually had two of them and he had the heart oh, transplant. Rob Gentile. Yeah. Rob Gentile. So he had a new heart put in and he actually started craving different little like I think he was craving M&Ms and stuff like that and he never he didn't know who the donor was later on he found out that it was a a girl who actually loved M&Ms and he actually started to develop he never had a sweet tooth so number one he started to develop a sweet tooth and he particularly liked M&Ms that was the girl whose whose heart he got his favorite treat and then he said he started liking like boy bands or like super pop music and Again, he didn't know for a long time who the heart came from, so that that kind of stuff really makes you wonder what's going on there. His book's called Quarks of Light. We did a, I don't know what episode it was. I think it was close to. It was somewhat recent, but yeah, like that was high one nineties or yeah, something like that. But um, yeah, no, that was a super fascinating story. And I mean, we've had quite. We've had Doctor Eben Alexander on. We've had uh, that lady Cindy. I think Massey was her name. Uh, mm-hmm. A long time ago, we've had researcher uh, Dr. Penny Sartorian, who's worked with all the end-of-life patients and the older people that reach out and try and hug people that aren't there as they're dying, you know, kind of a thing, because they see somebody. So, again, what's happening? Is this endogenous chemical release? Is this endogenous dimethyltryptamine? Is this endogenous um, things happening with all of our receptors or uh, serotogenic receptors or what's going on you know like nobody really knows but um i guess if it's not that then it has to be something crazy right it's all crazy again (laughs) like if you really think about what's going on here then i don't know for me it's almost easier just to be like look we're alive so we know that that's going on where we came from i don't know and i don't know if we're ever going to know that but trying to find your inner truth and, and what's, what, what makes you happy and the path that you need to lead. That's, that's the more important thing. Yeah. I like to dabble in the where's the with the, the what's, but at the same time, it's like, we're here. So does it really matter where we came from? I mean, that's more of a, the Vedantic. Remember when we were talking to our buddy, Chris, is that a word? You might've just created a word. That's, I might've just blown my own mind, but <laughs> no, but that's, that's, uh, the the Vedic, how how do you how yeah? Well, you say the, they're it? the Vedic texts. Yeah. Okay, so that that's their kind of thinking. It's like, well, we're here, so why why even worry about that? We could sit here all day and wonder how we got here, but is that going to change anything? Right. If we did figure out why or how we got here, what does that actually prove? Uh, look, or what I, does that change to you? you I know? think looking into it though, like you could say, yeah, you're wasting your time because you'll never be able to figure out. But I. I don't think that that's necessarily true. So like for us researching, at least for me, reading, talking to all these wonderful authors and people and guests that we've had on the show, and even just going through my own life and describing past experiences, whether it be psychedelic or meditation or weird things that have happened to me, it's kind of given me like uh, more of a thirst for knowledge. And through that thirst of of knowledge, I think I've become a better person, a more compassionate, empathetic understanding person you know mm-hmm. at the same time I, it's it's kind of a double-edged sword because i also am looking at a lot of people like why aren't you like there's people that just like say things it's like there is a thing called google you can look up multiple different you know um sources so if you don't like one source go to another source just keep looking at all the sources you know and figure out uh what the deal is so that's the problem i have now in society it's like Nobody wants to look anything up. Nobody actually wants to do research, even though we have all the information at our fingertips, be it it's all human information created by humans or observation or science or whatever. It's still there. It's still a resource and a tool to draw from. So I don't know. Yeah, but the, but the humans like to, to, to skew if you have an idea. And so what are you, an they... alien? You go, the humans like to. Well, that, that's, I'm, I'm, I want to say that we like to support our own idea and I'll give you a particular instance. I've been doing these wedding videos and one of the wedding videos I did, I didn't put any audio in it. So I type in, is it, is it okay to do a wedding video without audio? 
Now, the majority, a lot of people say, no, you got to add audio, you got to add audio. But then I'd find the people that say, well, it's okay if you don't do audio. So then I geared towards them. So you, you look something up. And when you find somebody that supports confirmation your, bias, yeah, that's that. Then that seems to be the 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 path of the human is to search out. And again, with the internet, you will you'll always find even if if two percent of the people agree with you, then you're gonna go towards them. And that's kind of the, these rabbit holes that people go down on YouTube. They have an idea, they type it in. I'm not gonna say these particular things because we'll get banned. <laughs> but I, they they find an idea. They, it's the, it's a it's a crazy uh, outlandish idea. They see people disputing it, and they see people giving math and all these other things that say that it, it's not real. But then they keep searching and searching, and they'll find other people that agree with them. Then they go, "See, they're they're agreeing with me." Just like I saw, found people. I didn't want to put any audio in this wedding video because I didn't have any. So then I I, I searched <laughs> for people that didn't do it, and uh, then it made me feel better because I found other people with other professionals that weren't using audio in their wedding video. So that was a perfect example of confirmation bias, which is what you're describing, which is you have an idea in your head of what you think something is or the reality of it. You look it up or you find something that agrees with that and then you go, see, this is what the, you know, I see I was right or see, you know, that, that vindicates me. I, I, I think that, well, okay, so in part three, metaphysics, uh, mysteries and metaphysics part three, this is all the stuff we discuss, which would be like confirmation bias, cognitive bias, Dunning-Kruger effect, you know, the nature of reality, like all these different things like solipsism and all these different terms to describe all these different um, aspects of the mind and consciousness and stuff. So um, that that's exactly what happens for most of the time on the internet is people fall into confirmation bias where I'm telling you there's people that don't even look things up. There are people that do look things up. They just look up one thing or one source and it sometimes it's not the right source, right? It's not anything credible. It's just some crazy stuff. Um, that's why I always tell people, look at everything. If you're really like, for instance, if you're really, really interested in ancient Egypt, don't just read uh, two books or a book on it, read a bunch of things. So it's like, if you started off with the alternative stuff, like, uh, something from Graham Hancock or something like that, just some alternative source, go look at, you know, the Oxford book on, uh, ancient Egypt, or go look at, go listen to Bob Breyer's, uh, lecture on ancient Egypt on audible under the great courses, you know, like balance it out. So you know what you're talking about. How can you even debate somebody if you don't even know both sides, right? Yeah. Like that's always been my thing. It's like, how can you argue against somebody? If you're only speaking from a position of knowing one aspect of something, how can you argue with somebody that studied something in their whole life that has, has lived in the material realm? So you're, you're fighting with them about something spiritual, but they have no idea what you're talking about because you have even looked into what they're all about. Right. So. Absolutely. And I also would like to take a minute here and ask everybody to smash that like button. Ooh, we, got a, we got a thumbs down. Somebody really didn't like what was going on. Somebody said it, this was boring AF. Hey, man, it's our first one back in a while. We got Green a, we fingered got, we got... and blue thumbed. We love you. I don't know what your problem is. but Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah. But yeah, if everybody, uh, if you could give us that, that thumbs up, that really helps us get into the algorithm and uh, push our way to the top. But no, man, it's a, it's a, human, it's a human characteristic. It, it, like I said, if there's anything that we could pinpoint to a common human trait is we like mystery and we like to be right people love to be right except they're not willing to jump you know uh or go through the hurdles or jump the hurdles to to get to the the actual truth which would be doing all the research or you know just putting in the time you know people well, that's also that's also that the, the age we're in everybody wants to be I've had multiple people work for me and they, they think that they should get paid like the boss. Everybody <laughs> wants instant gratification these days. It's like, dude, did you put in the 15 years of doing the labor? You're yeah. not going to get paid what the dude has been doing in his whole life has been doing. You got you to gotta work your way up. But everybody wants to get quick, get rich, get famous quick. Yeah, that is a problem. And obviously the Dunning-Kruger effect, people, you know, somebody was watching, you know, you know, somebody was watching the NHL finals. Oh, I can do it better than this guy. No, you can't. No. You, did you make it to the NHL? You can't do it. Bye-bye. You know, so. The NHL, man. Talk about any kind of art. Like, 
I like I said, we we just played a concert, man. I have some serious respect for these musicians that number one, going into the studio and recording, even if it's a simple, simple guitar track, to get it to sound perfectly crisp and to get it to be to be just right is very, very difficult. Or even drums. Very mm. basic drum tracks. But to get them on time and everything and get the tone right, that's a it's, a, it's insane how how difficult that kind of stuff is. Yeah. But people are people just see it and especially with like video and stuff today, because of all the technology, they see these camera angles and all this nutty stuff and they just think that it's very very easy and they have no idea what goes into that 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 production. Right. No, it's a lot. I mean, we were also discussing music and how it's really kind of just gone downhill because there's so much. There's so much of it because anybody can do it now, but mm-hmm. nobody's making money for it. So like, there's no incentive to be great anymore, in my opinion, other than the people that have already been established or have already, you know, kind of been in that position. So it's like well, that's how it gets flooded with with, with well, amateurs but what and stuff like that. What I'm saying is with like streaming and, and, and that kind of stuff, I think it it becomes very hard to. Um, I don't know. I think it becomes very hard to incentivize people to really do great stuff. And I think that you'll open up more doors so there'll be like more stuff out there. And maybe that opens up more doors for other people. But if that's like, when I say that, I mean like now with Macs, you know, every Mac has GarageBand. So anybody can technically go on their Mac or iPad or whatever and start a podcast or create a, a track or do whatever, you know become famous or try and become famous that way. And that's, that's cool, you know, but at the same time, it's like, there's a lot of like half-assing it too, right? Absolutely. Again, it's like back in the day, if you wanted to be a photographer, you had to learn film, you had to learn how to develop film, you had to learn all these different things. So that level alone made you put in all these hours to learn the craft. Now you can buy a camera, you can put it in auto mode, you can shoot, you can you can come up with some decent stuff. You can pull out your your cell phone and shoot. So at the same time, it's nice because it's getting everybody and anybody involved with it. So the art is is way more accessible. But then at the same time, no one's putting their putting the, the time in. You, you can kind of see what happened with rap music back in the day. Um, rap, you might you may or may not like it, but most of the people that were involved with it had something to say and they were using the art form to express themselves. When you boil it down, it's really a guy making some beats and talking into a microphone. So what does that mean? Anybody can can actually do that, but are you do you have anything to say? Probably not. I don't know. I still liked old rap better. I love old music too. I feel I feel like there was it was more melodic and there was a lot more instrument uh, instrumentals and stuff like that. Just my opinion, but yeah. Um, Oh, so yeah. So part three, we talked about the nature of reality. Part two, again, we talked about. Uh, consciousness, esoteric knowledge, gods, goddesses, god, creators, that kind of a thing. Part four we just did, uh, we discussed, again, megalithic sites. That was actually a slideshow episode that was pretty long. So if you like uh, looking at pictures of Gobekli Tepe and the T-Pillars and uh, the site there, and then you also like looking at Easter Island, uh, we did a full uh, slideshow episode on both of those sites and just discussed kind of how we thought about those megalithic sites coming into doing the podcast and what we think about them now and again balancing the fringe with the academic you know not necessarily who's right who's wrong but putting all the stuff out there so whoever's listening or watching this can you know make their own decisions that's one thing we're not trying to do is like convince anybody of anything i'm just trying to put credible information and my honest take on things out there and let people decide yeah, I don't think we've ever made a claim where the, this is the reality of it all. We've put out the information. I think we have. I think early on we for sure have done that, but yeah. Maybe we should do it more. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. That's what people want. Um, That's a good point, yeah. But, and again, I for 4.3, we'll get back to the slideshow and go through, uh, you know, we still have Malta, um, Sardinia, all the connections between the ancient civilizations, like similar looking figurines and statues and similar um, looking megalithic uh, sites and and things that have connections and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. that'll be for 4.3. 
Um, yeah. And I'm just excited to start a, let's, you know, basically I look at it like that month off is just like a, um, you know, obviously we wasn't, I wasn't expecting to feel like that or to go through that. But when it happened, I looked at it like, oh, this is an opportunity to kind of reset, recharge our batteries and, and get back to it and, um, have a fresh, fresh take on things. Absolutely. Sometimes you got to take a pause to look back, but life gets crazy that's the bottom line right yeah and i mean look i've learned a ton if if there's one thing i really love about the podcast not, not just the cool people that listen to you know our stuff and the nice messages and the interaction with people and um talking with people on our discord and stuff like that and it's i've just learned so much and i i've really feel like i've educated myself in a way that um I'm not just like a a cog going through life or just going through day-to-day consciousness, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't, do you feel the same way or do you feel like, like, how do you yeah. feel like this has impacted the way you look at your like day-to-day life? Yeah, I think so. Uh, we kind of went in this thing not knowing anything and, be, and almost being more on the jokey end. And then it, it kind of evolved into being a little more serious and taking everything a little more serious. We obviously still have some, humor elements but um i think that that's 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 you can't look at everything too too seriously or you're just going to be a grumpy old man one day and uh right i'm already there so (laughs) (laughs) well i mean that's the weird thing too is when we first started doing this we almost did like a comedy kind of a podcast right like that's what our thing's always been is like humor making each other laugh and doing jokes but i think that uh just looking at the landscape unless you're an actual comedian and, and w- really willing to put yourself out there i don't think that that's a smart smart idea at this point um given the nature of things the nature of reality but right right well we're it's in a we're in a weird time anyways everybody's uh getting questioned for whatever but well, yeah, it's, man. It's, it's not even that i just think it's like i said it's a hard unless you're going to go out there and do stand-up comedy i think doing a, uh, a comedy podcast is tough you know, like, how are you going to be known or seen unless you're super funny, which there are people that have that energy, but. Absolutely. I don't Again, have that you're not going to, you're not going to succeed in anything if you just don't, that's the, that's the name of the game these days is people want to do it for two days and think that they're going to become stars. A lot of these people put in their blood, sweat and tears. I know Joe Rogan said he was doing stand up for 10 years. He's like, you got to do it for 10 years yeah. and then something will start happening. So that's. I get complimented on my videos and wedding stuff, and I've done four of them. I go, I'm an amateur. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, I might show some skill towards it. Yeah, I mean, but, I've seen, I've but you seen gotta a couple. Put in I, the time. You I was impressed. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. But that's just like anything. Like You might show a skill towards the guitar. Our good friend Chris, he obviously has some natural ability, but then it's up to you to take it to the next level. And I don't. You, there's a 10,000-hour number being tossed around. I don't know if how accurate that is, but... That's a lot of time honing your craft. Ten thousand hour what? They say you got to be ten. You got to put in ten thousand hours of work to become a a master at something, whether it be the guitar or photography or yeah. painting or whatever it may be. Yeah, just no, I mean, I believe. I mean, that's almost like going back to ancient Greece. They called that like a, your techne, you know, like your. Mm-hmm your skill or your art form or whatever, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I think, um, I, I, I believe that I can get behind that for sure. I mean, look at when we first started playing guitar in, in high school, we put in so much time early on. And then when you, things start to evolve a little bit and you have more responsibilities and things going on yeah, you don't need to put in that much time. You can kind of just learn things because you have those building blocks or that base, you know? Absolutely. And I don't really have the 10,000 hours to put into the guitar anymore. That's, that's the problem, but I can write music. I, I treat my music as almost like a piece of art where I really take the time to craft it. And I don't have to be Joe virtuoso. I know enough musicians that will come in and do the job that I want them to do, but it's more of a bigger picture idea for me. I have an idea for the song and then I let it's, it's fun. You come up with the song and then you can bring it to the other people and then they add their little taste to it and like i'm no billy corgan when he writes a song he hears the whole thing in his head he knows exactly how he wants the the bass to sound the guitars to sound the drums and all that stuff like that's a that's a visionary 
that's not me as far yeah. as the music's concerned. Well, it's different people. I mean, when I, you know, when I've written songs in the past, yeah, I can hear different things that I know what's going on before you know it happens. I think that that's how you kind of figure out parts, right? There's, I guess, there's different ways to write music too. You can just write each part separately alone you know but for me it was always like how does this come together like how can you fit these things these pieces together um but before we get out of here i wanted to ask you out of all these mysteries you know is there life out there are aliens visiting us is uh does consciousness survive death is there some other realm or dimension beyond this that we go to when we die you know like what's the biggest mystery to you and what do you think there's two that really tickle my Tickle my, uh, I don't want to, there's two that tickle me and they tickle me pink. No, I, uh, I really love the, uh, the near death experience type stuff. And I always have because not only is it interesting and strange, it also provides a a level of hope to people that I, I, I'm spiritual and I believe in higher powers and things like that. I like, I like hearing a lot of these stories of these people that 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 are atheists or they have no uh religion in their lives or spirituality and then they have some of these they have a near death experience and then they find that kind of stuff i think it's it's a good thing to have in your life mm. um i think it helps people have purpose and i think when people have no purpose that's when all hell breaks loose so i'm very intrigued with the near death experience and i do believe that they happen i do believe there's something else out there I've talked about my theory before where I think that the DMT that we we build in our bodies is released at the time of death, and that's a bridge into the, whatever it may be, a different realm, a different dimension, whatever you want to call it. Um, though That's my theory on that. So I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Well, that's it's not that's your the, theory, but that's you agree with that theory. I've made that up, bro. I, <laughs> I, 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 you did not make that up. <laughs> um, so... So the 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 death, the near death thing. So what did you say the two were? The near death would be number one, and then number two would just be the UFO thing. I think it's a fun, uh, a fun thing to get into. I, yeah, but I, so like, what do you think though? Like, do you think that things are visiting from other dimensions or planets, or do you think it's ours? Or like, what do you think? Again, you on the I, spot right now, like you can change. Obviously, this is not end all be all. We always change our minds. I, you know. Everybody should be able to change their minds without being, you know, held well, to some. I sort. don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen, but I think that I I was just watching a whole thing about the uh, the rural Zimbabwe escapade. I think it's another dimension. I I I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's. I think it's. I think it's uh, separate entities coming down and visiting us. Yeah, At this point, I I, I don't want to say that it's a it's another government program because if it's not us then it's somebody it's another country that makes me kind of nervous and i think that i think the other thing i think that it would have been known at this point and some some something bad would have happened i think these people can't just hold on to this technology and not use it for their own benefits i think there's a lot of countries that are against us so if that's the case i think it would already been implemented and deployed um but you do think it's something other than human beings or some sort of atmospheric anomaly or possibly some sort of biological thing that's happening that we're not aware of. Yeah, at this point I'm under the 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 notion that it's not some kind of technology that's out there created by us. What about a symbol? Like some sort of like Jungian, you know, it's symbology, you know, something that we can't understand or fathom, so we put a story behind it, but really it's something even more bizarre than that that we can't even fathom. Yeah, that's that's definitely a possibility because I don't really think we even we we can't even understand our our own our own human minds, let alone why we interact with with nature and things like that. So who knows what the, what the heck's out there? Yeah, we really haven't been around long enough to even put these these pieces together. And a lot of these scientists that claim that they know what's going on are just a bunch of turds. So, um, I guess for me. I think the greatest mystery is what happens when we die. Does cons- does consciousness survive death, or does your energy get transformed into something that I don't even know if you have? Like, are you aware? Like, what if it what if it does survive, but you're not aware that your personality or 
consciousness survived and it's still it's like a blank slate kind of a thing you know i don't know but yeah it's weird um yeah i mean that's probably one i ponder i mean everybody ponders death if you say you don't ponder death then i don't know what's wrong with you it's the most human thing in the world um but and it's something that we can all we can all talk about it and experience because we all have we're all going to experience it at some point right we're all going to die so if that's the case what happens and so far nobody's other than people that have near-death experiences that um claim that there's more and i'm not disputing those claims but i'm just saying like again we have to be sure that they're not endogenous chemical releases or something like that um if they're that if it does survive then uh, again, do we have knowledge of the past and is it like another step or, you know, some up sort of upgrade or something, you know, some level up or something? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that's probably the one thing I think about the most. Um, and I like all the other ones, you know, like how exactly were the pyramids built? Uh, who built Gobekli Tepe? Were they hunter gatherers? Were they already this established uh, beginning of civilization? Those kinds of things. Um, and uh, the UFO thing is obviously uh, one of the top ones, but the problem with the UFO one is I think people use it as like a stepping stone to other things. Like they use, are UFOs real? Are they from a different dimension or whatever? They use that as like almost like, um, a scaffolding for all these other ideas like near death and psychedelics and all these things. And we do that on the show too. But I think that when I say that, I think they're using it as a crutch, meaning if they think if they can figure out if there's other life out there, then they'll have answers for other things. And I don't think that that's the case. I think if we find out that there are aliens or interdimensional beings or something weird or bizarre, you know, from the UAP report and they actually find something out or they knew something or they've had something the whole time and they disclose it or whatever the case may be, that doesn't answer any of some of these bigger questions, right? So, I mean, it's Mm -hmm. like the idea of panspermia so people scientists argue how did how was life created on earth did it start here through abiogenesis and start with rna um and then build the building blocks of life and then move on from there or is you know did life arrive here on on a comet or an asteroid through via panspermia and if it's if panspermia is the answer that still doesn't answer how life was created it's just it's like passing it off it's like okay um, it came from somewhere else. And, and, and that's a bigger problem in terms of trying to figure it out because we don't know the conditions of the place where it was created that it initially came here on. And it's like a whole different thing. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so those are the things that I think about pretty regularly, but, uh, again, we're going to keep doing this series. We haven't even gotten to the real juicy stuff yet. Um, I think we, we still have to talk about, um, we're going to finish the me- uh, megalithic structure, which is this series 4.3, 4.4. We'll see if it gets to a 4.5. Uh, but we still have to talk about, um, you know, near-death experiences, psychedelics, philosophy, space-time in the universe, paranormal stuff, UFO stuff, all that kind of stuff. So we're going to go through that, how we thought about it early on in the podcast and how we think about it now. So Beautiful. But again, tomorrow, if you're interested, we will be live with Matthew Palomari at 2 p.m. Eastern time, uh, and we'll be discussing his new book and also some of his psychedelic adventures and stories. And uh, last time we had him on, I thought that was one of our better episodes. Actually, I really enjoyed talking to him, Um, and he's got a good history uh, within the uh, psychedelic community, and he knows a lot of people and stuff, so it was fun to talk to him. Absolutely. Looking forward to that. All right. Well, one more time, uh, head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast for just $2 a month. You'll get exclusive guest episodes and segments. We got a ton of stuff on there. If you listen to our show and you're not a Patreon member for just $2 a month, you'll get access to, I have both uh, video and audio episodes up for each of our segments that are up and they're exclusive on there. So uh, and one more time, head on over to injursweb.org. It is live. This is the social media platform we created to connect open minds. If you like talking about all the kind of stuff that we just talked about and you want to hypothesize, theorize, speculate, you know, set up a profile and uh, come chat. So that's it. Good, sir. Yeah, baby. 
All right. Well, we love everybody. Stay safe out there and uh, we'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.